I'm Jesse Lubinsky. I'm Donnie Piercy. Hi, I'm Jeffrey Heil, hosts of the Partial Credit Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of My EdTech Life. I am excited to be here with you all on this beautiful, beautiful Saturday morning, or it may be evening, or it may be well into Sunday, depending of wherever you are in the world. I hope you guys are having a wonderful start to your day or close closing to your day. And before we get started today, as always, I want to thank each and every single one of you for all your listens, your shares, your follows all the support and comments. Thank you so much for, again, making Maya Tech Life part of your learning journey. As you know, our mission is to connect educators and creators one show at a time. And I am excited to be here with you this morning because we've got an amazing guest who has just a long list of accomplishments, who has done so much in the education landscape, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook groups, uh, you know, even in their district, you know, him and his wife are just amazing. And so I'm really excited to just dive in and to get to know our guest, Adam Juarez, a little bit more. And of course, having him share his experience with you all. So I'm really excited to be here. Adam, how are you doing this morning? Oh, great, man. Glad to be here, man. It's been, uh, been seeing all the posts of the of the show everywhere. And I'm like, man, I got, I got to get on that show, man. This, this show's blowing up. Yes. No, thank you, Adam. I really appreciate it. You know, it's amazing. Like I know we've talked several months ago or almost even over a year ago, but just the ties that we have to the real Grandy Valley, obviously me being from here, but it was just like, wow, it's a small world after all, you know? And so that was very interesting. So I'm just really excited to be here and chat with you. And of course, we've already got Amanda here joining us. Thank you so much, Amanda Macias. We've got my boy, Steve Martinez. Thank you so much for joining this morning. You guys are great people. And any comments you have, any questions, please feel free to put them into the chat and we'll definitely try and get those answered for you. So Adam, let's go ahead and dive in. Adam, for our audience members who are listening who may not be aware of your work yet or maybe don't follow you yet on all socials and see the amazing stuff that you're doing, can you give us a little brief introduction and your context in education before we dive into that superhero origin story. Yeah, again, this is probably my, let's say, my 18th year now in education. The first 17 years, though, I spent in the same school district, uh, Cutler-Rossi Joint Unified School District out here in uh, rural central California. I always, uh, when I'm outside of the region, I always have to explain, yes, I'm from California, but not the California you see on TV. It's not LA or the Bay. Uh, this is like, uh, this is pretty much like, it's, it's all rural. It's all farms. It's not what you see on TV. Um, I spent 17 years there. The first 10 years, I was the uh, U.S. and world history teacher for middle school and high school. And the last seven years um, of my tenure there, I was the uh, tech integration coach for grades 6 through 12. Uh, it's a very unique um, unique community that I served. Um, uh, again, like, very near and dear to my heart. Uh, about 95% of students were the children of uh, Mexican migrant farm workers. Uh, only about a 4.5% of the students were Filipino. I could probably count all the white kids I ever taught on one hand. Um, we're not a very diverse area, but it was, uh, it's still a little enclave right here in California and a very unique, uh, a very unique community that's near and dear to my heart. And it grew on me. I actually, when I got hired there, I was, uh, 
I thought I'd, I'd go out there and I'd heard of the town. I got to get some experience. And then lo and behold, 17 years later, I, I, it, it took a lot for me to leave. So, uh, in the last year I've been on a journey of, uh, I tried my hand at freelance consulting and with some, some, uh, some hit and misses and, uh, some successes, uh, it's been a little frustrating, but, um, I'm now uh, transitioning into a new role, uh, a little bit more stable. Excellent. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing that. And obviously, you know, just, uh, getting to know where you're from, as far as where you were working, like you said, it's not the California or the LA that a lot of people are, are used to seeing, but being out there and just the fact that you're working also with migrant farm workers and of course, you know, being here from my, in my uh, geographic area in South Texas, I know a lot of families and even growing up, you know, even family members of mine traveling to different states and of course, you know, go following the work wherever it was and, you know, going into schooling over there. And I know that that could be very daunting for them, you know, especially being somewhere different, somewhere new every so many months as, you know, they follow the work. So thank you so much for, you know, your service also to, uh, you know, that community, because it's definitely so important to be able to reach out to them. So that's awesome. And Steve also here mentioning in the chat, you know, Central California also as well. Great people out this way. So thank you, Steve, for joining. All right. So, Adam, I know like you've done so much and I know you covered so little just in that brief introduction, just because I just wanted to get our audience members to kind of, you know, get primed up and ready. But, you know, my favorite segment of the show is this first part, which is that superhero origin story. You mentioned being in education almost two decades, you know, and so as every hero, we know that they have that origin story where they first started. And I wanted to ask if education was what you planned to go into, or was it something that came in later in life that you fell into and just absolutely just grew and fell in love with? Um, I was, uh, the short answer is no, I honestly had no idea what, what, what I wanted to do with my life. And I just have a million and one different ideas, a lot of delusions of grandeur. Um, so we'll have to think it back to my childhood. Um, I was born, uh, I was born in, in Aura, in this, uh, Orange County, California. Um, I lived two miles from the beach in San Juan Capistrano. It's still my favorite, favorite place on earth to visit. So got family down there. Um. Best weather in the world, if you ask me. And uh, my dad was the uh, equipment manager at a uh, at Saddleback uh, Junior College down there. And um, in 1983, I was two years old, and he got a call. Hey, um, uh, he get for uh, for a better job to work at Fresno State, which is about about four and a half hour drive north from Orange County, and a completely totally different culture. <laughs> And lifestyle and weather than than South Orange County in, in Southern California, so we in the middle of August we we packed up the rider truck and we moved up to up to Fresno and uh, 110 degrees and it was totally different from what we were used to. And so my dad got the job; it was a huge promotion for him. And he couldn't say no to it. I uh, just uprooted his family and something we had to do and deal with. And you know, um, we had. Uh, we moved up there, and I, I pretty much spent my whole childhood in the locker room at Fresno State with all the athletes. And so I grew up. I, I wanted to be. I was going to be a wide receiver. My my first favorite player, at Fresno State, that I looked up to. His name, the number one, his name was Larry Willis. He was a record setter, uh, record setter um, wide receiver. And then he graduated, and they a little sad. But then uh, the guy who hired my dad, Coach Sweeney, recruited another guy named Stephen Baker to come up there and replace Larry Willis and Stephen Baker. They call him Stephen Baker, the touchdown maker. 
he actually caught what was the game winning uh, touchdown in the Super Bowl. Um, the year, the, the first year the Bills lost him, he played for the Giants. And um, Stephen, uh, he, I liked him because I, I was a little guy. I was I was really kind of scrawny, and he was a little guy and just fast. So I, so I looked up all to, to to the short little players, and he um he uh, he always took time to you know to talk to me, play with me. He let me um, after practice a game. I'd ride a skateboard around the around the uh, um, the locker room and really connected with me um, when I was a, when I was a kid. And I'll never forget um, watching a um, a halftime feature on him on our local. Uh, uh, Still our local Fox affiliate now, Channel 26. And they asked him about, you know, what, what he likes, what he wants to do with his future after football. And he, he said something to the effect, but he always wanted to do something with kids. And I'm like five, six years old watching that. And that just resonated with me. And I'm like, here's my hero, Stephen Baker. He wants to work with kids. Hey, maybe that's something I can do. And I just would replay that, you know, growing up in my head and kind of pushed me in that direction. I kind of felt naturally like, a connection toward working with kids. Um, I played soccer my whole life, so I, I as much as I love playing football, I wanted to play football. I couldn't because I, I have a uh, some scoliosis in my back and a few other issues. So football was not going to work. So I played the other football, and I was a lot better at it. And uh, and growing up in um in off season, I'd volunteer to coach um, um youth teams and stuff, and do clinics, and really enjoyed myself. Actually, my first job ever was working at a summer camp for kids. I I was like 15 and they gave me a whole class of first graders and kindergartners. And it just, it was natural to me, but I still didn't know what I wanted to do. I still had delusions. I was going to go play, play in the world cup and stuff, play pro soccer. Uh, it was probably, it would have been easier to do nowadays with the ways that the game is has expanded in this country. But when I was growing up, weren't too many opportunities for that, but I still had that delusion. And I got into high school and, you know, junior, senior year, trying to figure out, well, what's next. Didn't know really, really what I wanted to do. I, I do want to, I want to continue playing soccer. And so I remember, I remember walking out of a, from lunch out of a history class with one of my best friends, his name's Adrian. And we were just kind of talking about, you know, what, what we want to major in. And I just instinctively said, well, you know, I want to major in history. He's like, dude, what are you going to do with history? You can't, when jobs are out there, and I just instinctively without saying, I can teach. And that was the second kind of moment where I kind of, Oh, okay. Maybe this is where what I want to do, and you know, so Stephen Baker kind of wanted me to get working with loving working with kids, and then this that this instinctive moment that hey, you know what? I love history. I can teach. I didn't even think about it. He just came out, and that kind of those two moments were those kind of um, those watershed moments. I would say that guided me towards education. And like I say, I haven't looked back. Man, that is great, you know, and that's such a great story, honestly. And th this is why I love this segment of the show, because, you know, like we were talking a little bit, you know, pre-chat, it's, uh, you know, people that are on social media, they see the work that you do because, I mean, you put out so much great content, you know, on Instagram, on Twitter, so much shares that you put out there, your blogs and everything. And I know I've been sharing the website, you know, already here on the chat, but you know, just to hear that story of where you got inspired from it, for me, it's so important for our audience members to make that connection because some of them may have something similar or a similar story, or they can find something within that story. That's definitely going to inspire them too, as well. So thank you so much for sharing that. And for Mr. Stephen Baker, touchdown maker, thank you so much for what you said. So Adam can be part of this education landscape and do what he does. And he does it very well. So thank you so much my friend. So
So let's kind of share a little bit before I know you you have taken on a new role. But before we get into that, you know, I you know talking a little bit about edtech and you know being you a, a Google trainer and obviously also a Google innovator as well. So I just wanted to ask you, you know, you have your you do tech very well. You put blog posts up. You're always current and up to date with the latest trends and the latest uh, great practices with technology in the classroom. So at this moment, I just wanted to ask you, what are some of the tech, I guess, either tech tools or trends that you're seeing that are being implemented in the classroom that are working well? Uh, working well? Um, yeah, there's, I wouldn't say there's one is one thing where I would say that I'm doing well. I know right now, I guess the book, the big thing that's on the tip of everyone's tongue is, is AI and a lot of people are, are afraid of it. And there's a lot of people embracing it. I, I actually was very excited to see my, my good friend out from Kentucky. I'm sure we, we all know, uh, Donnie Percy, he was featured on, uh, good morning America about how he was using AI with his fifth graders. And I think that that was a very powerful statement that he, that they actually put him out there because the knee jerk reaction to AI right now for, for probably most teachers is, oh no, plagiarism, the kids. The teachers are going to be replaced. I'm like, no, this this is a this is a huge tool. And I, I was having a, a discussion with um, my my mom, who's retired, and her her New York her uh, old school New York reaction was like, oh, people are just going to cheat and 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 stuff like that. I go, and and I said, no, think of it this way. Think of around the 19 the early 20th century when the Model T brought the brought the automobile to the uh, to the common man. All of a sudden, you know. It was a it was a new tool that made things a lot a lot faster. And actually, uh, we had this conversation. We were watching the, an episode of the Yellowstone spinoff, nineteen twenty three, where uh, Harrison Ford's character is kind of scoffing at all these cars now instead of riding horses. Like, well, you're not going to need to learn how to ride a horse anymore. Uh, well, I guess not. But you know, you're, we're going to have to evolve with the times because the 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 automobile, the they call it the motor car, is coming, and it's it's. Uh, I think ChatGPT and AI and all these other great AI uh, platforms. Are, are are similar to that. You know, we have to learn how to how to use it uh, properly with kids and, and empower kids with, with these tools because it's not going to go away. And if we don't, we're not. If we don't, um, we don't uh, empower the kids to use this in the classroom to enhance their learning and show them, okay, here's how it can be done for evil with plagiarism and stuff like that. But here's how you can do it to really uh, empower yourself to take control of your own learning experience. That's the opportunity. That's the mindset we have to have it. You know, um, I guess it, we're, we're always evolving and, you know, we, we can either fight, fight the evolution or we, we can roll with it. And, uh, that take, kind of takes me back to, uh, my first year of teaching. You know, I know if my friend Kyle Anderson's watching, he's going to laugh at mm -hmm. that statement just because that's all inside joke. But so my first year of teaching, I remember struggling like any first year teacher was in my, uh, veteran teachers in my department are like, hey, just get through the year, survive it. And then next year you have everything already made and you just, you know, it's, it's cruise control. And I'm like, that never sat right with me. And I, over the years, I've never taught the same lesson two times to say two years in a row the same way. It was always evolving. There was always something new I was learning. As they got into tech, you just even got even, the, the, the acceleration of learning and new ideas just kept on coming. So again, back to the idea of AI, that's, I think that that's really what we need to, Focus on because that's it's not going anywhere. I mean, Microsoft is putting it right into all their their suite of tools. Google's got they're really soon they're going to put Bard into everything that they do. And I mean, they already kind of have it there a little bit, but it's going to be fully blown and integrated. And we have to be on top of it and and really show these kids of what how it 
it can be useful because too often technology for students can be seen as a toy and we need to show them that it's also a very powerful tool. Excellent. No, and you know what? That statement that you said at the end, you know, that technology can seem like a toy, you know, instead of a tool. I mean, I think to me that that goes for teachers as well, you know, oftentimes because we may just use it just, hey, here you go, get on here and kill some time or whatever. And, you know, you still do what it is that you need to do. But for everybody, I mean, I think it's just that evolution that you said. And now, you know, I agree with everything that you're saying as far as AI and AI in the classroom. My my biggest concern still, obviously, is just going to be the data, data privacy and everything. And just because, and I just wanted to throw that in there because right now I'm doing doctoral yeah. research on it. So there's definitely the good side. There's definitely the bad side. I'm not going to talk about that. And, you know, this isn't going to be a back and forth or anything like that. But, you know, it's just some things that because it's in its infancy, there's just some things that we just need to really look into and dive in deep. But I absolutely agree that this this is here as students grow up. It's still going to be there and it's only going to get better. Things are going to get better and even for teachers as well. And I love that you said, you know, don't, don't, you can either fight it or you can adapt to it. But I love the adapt part that you mentioned because even like you said, from your first year teaching, the way you taught one lesson, your lesson that what first year, going back and revisiting, you make those tweaks, you make those edits, you know, it takes a little bit of time. And then, of course, you said with technology now, the way it is, it definitely makes things a little bit faster to be able to do those things and enhance the learning experience, which is what we want, which is something that you mentioned, too. So I am with you on that as far as tools that can save teachers time, tools that can help students create a better learning experience where they're having also even to dive in and say, okay, is this information really accurate? Do I you're still having to curate that you need to find those citations you need to find those sources but those are all skills that you know you're going to need as we go on and as the the tech always gets better i wanted to add here into this this, this comment also that went along with what you were saying about that movie that you were talking about with the model t's and everything but amanda's here shares she says you know when the pencils the calculator and the computer was created you know when maybe educators we all thought the exact same thing and so yeah, I definitely agree with that. So thank you for sharing that. And of course, big shout out to Donnie Piercy also as well for the work that he's doing in the classroom and for many teachers that are out there using it. So Adam, I want to talk a little bit too, um, you know, now that we talked a little bit about that tech component, but I also want to talk about the work that you've put out there too as well. Can, you know, I want to talk about, you're wearing the sweater, you know, and that's <laughs> the one thing I would definitely want to talk about there too, which is the Complete EdTech Coach. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about that book and what the the inspiration was and who it's geared for. Yeah, so this uh, the, our book that my wife and I co-authored, the Complete Exit Coach and Organic Approach to Supporting Digital Learning. Um, when we be first became tech coaches, uh, roughly around the same time, around 2015, when we both got into that role, the, there was no book on tech coaching. There's always been books on coaching, but tech coaching is a complete, total, completely different animal. And we had to, we had to learn, it was a trial by fire. We, we were, we were learning on the job, pretty much made it up as we went. And, you know, um, when we first met, you know, we were just two tech coaches in the region and we, we met uh, professionally and then that kind of blossomed into our marriage. But it was, as our relationship grew, it's these conversations on the car we would have about, you know, wins and uh, wins and uh, that we had as coaches and struggles that we had. And, 
how to reach, especially the hesitant teachers, because um, um, hesitant teachers there are the, the those those early adopters and innovators that are easy. It's the hesitant teachers that's where you really hit. Those are the hearts and minds you have you have to try to change to get them on board um, w- with the entire culture without entire paradigm shift, you know, pedagogically. And it was those conversations, and then we had a lot of similar blog posts, and we're like, you know what? We have all these all these stories in our head already written out. Also now in our, in our blogs, we, we have a book here. Like we, we need to write the book that we wish we had when we began our tech coaching journey, and that's pretty much what it was. And uh, we reached out to uh, to Dave Burgess Publishing, and he 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 told us to go go for it. We were able to do it, and uh, it was it was a really uh very it was a blast to, to write this book and a lot of our personal stories and we have uh, you know different sections on you know the mechanics of the job our, our pedagogical and philosophical um, ideas and so on and so forth and i really got to bring it we talk about something the uh the work-life fusion a lot of people say the work-life balance but we, we see our job and it's easier said than done as a as a calling to service if it's a calling you don't have a balance you're each the, the the educator in me doesn't end when I walk in the house. When I walk in on the campus, the human, the dad, the father, the husband doesn't end either. He, I, it's throughout my day. I I don't I don't. There's no switch. There may be a pause button here and there, but there's no switch. And we talk about that fusion and and how it it it's okay being at home thinking about work. We can't help it. It's okay. We, we've all done it. We've been on Amazon at school. And things like that. So we're always our hundred percent true self, no, no matter what. And that that kind of mantra helps us, you know, be at our best at all times. Excellent. And you know what I love is you said that it was kind of that trial by fire, and you're bringing your experiences, and that's what I love. You know, a lot oftentimes you'll get a lot of books out there that seem like just really straight formulaic and things of that sort. And I'm not saying that they're not great books, but I think that when you really see the authors you know, purpose and, and them in the book, like you really, you know, get to see their insights, their lenses. And that really helps us as educators when we consume that content, you know, we're reading the book, we're learning and we're like, oh, wow, they, they've gone through that too. Or, or, or yes, you know, that's a great tip because of what they've gone through. And they see that, hey, you know what, the, the issues that may be going on here in, in this district, it, it could be thousands of miles away and you're over there in California. Hey, they're, they're, the same thing over there it's the same thing over here and so on so i really love that that you're putting that in the book and so i wanted to talk to you a little bit just more about that experience because i know you talked about you know the early adopters you talked about some of those teachers that are just you know maybe a little bit more hesitant with tech so how would you know what is uh, maybe some advice for any digital coaches that are out there that are maybe new to this role or teachers that are aspiring digital coaches, when they run into teachers that may be just a little bit more hesitant on tech, what would be some advice that you can give them so they can go ahead and possibly use as they transition into these roles or just currently work with teachers that are a little hesitant? Well, one of our our taglines of the book is that if you you plan with the four C's in mind, the tech will take care of itself. And we, we truly, really believe in that statement because we, 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 um, we, we, we don't take the, um, your traditional, uh, tech for, uh, frameworks like Samur, T3, TPAC, et cetera. We, we, we believe those are great reflection tools for teachers on the, on their own. But when I'm coaching a teacher, 
I want to play with the four C's because what the four C's does, it puts the focus on, on the student moves. And the way that uh, the system that my wife and I have developed, we focus on the individual teacher's unique experience. So how, and before we even get into the planning, we're like, all right, how long, how long have you teaching? What have you taught? You know, what skills do you have? What, what curriculum are you familiar with? We're going to honor their experience because a lot of times a fancy tech coach shows up with all these fancy tech skills and teachers, a lot of times, especially your more hesitant ones, tend to feel more very alienated and they feel intimidated that we have this, this skill set that seems so far out there compared to what they have. And then they feel, for lack of a better term, they feel like, man, I'm like my obsolete now. So we, we want to break down that barrier and say, hey, I'm, I, I, I'm going to rely on your experience, your content knowledge. You know your students. I'm just here to help facilitate a brainstorming session. And we go through each, each of the four C's, communication, collaboration, creativity, critical thinking. And we start, and we usually start with creativity and how are your students going to engage in each C in pursuit of a learning goal? And it's through those conversations is where usually they're the ones to come up with, with the tech. And sometimes I'll only inject any kind of tech recommendation where it naturally fits. Or if I see that there's stuff, I go, Hey, have you heard of this? They may try this. And that leads to a conversation. And it doesn't feel like I'm forcing tech down their throat because too often you know, a tech coach will walk in, like just do a PD after school here learn how to do, how to do flip. And then it's, there, there's no implementation here where, where, you know, use their unique context, um, and, and find where the tech, um, where the check fits in organically. Again, the, the whole idea of our book is the organic approach. And we, we believe that in, and by doing it this way, it's going to be organic. It's not forced. It's more natural. Excellent. I love that, that you shared that. And Steve also here, he's joining us on LinkedIn. Thank you, Steve. Says customizing to the teacher, like for students, works great. Love this. And, you know, as you were talking about that and you were mentioning, I was like, wow, you know, it's, it, it's the exact same thing that a teacher, how they would approach that student. It's the same thing for the teachers as well. And I love that you mentioned that because, you know, as teachers, we still have to see ourselves as students many times. And I love that you mentioned, too, that sometimes uh, the intimidation factor that may come in when somebody that's maybe just, uh, and I'm just saying more experienced in the tech component, but I love the fact that you would embrace the knowledge that the teachers have first. And like you mentioned, I'm relying on their knowledge and what they have. And then all you're doing is just helping facilitate and add that additional layer to create either that student engagement or that wonderful learning experience. So I love what Steve says here too. Also more than just how to use the tool. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Adam, for sharing that because I know that, you know, digital coaches, tech coaches, that or there may be a different variety of titles that are out there, but, you know, these are the people that go in and help teachers. But I think that advice is wonderful. So I definitely recommend that you, uh, you know, check out the website, make look out for this book on Amazon too as well because it is a great read and it does have some amazing tips for anybody in our roles to be able to help and, you know, adapt those that what you see there for that current teacher that you may be working with. So some great tips there. All right. So I also wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, uh, ISTE. I know uh, in your bio, I was reading, you know, that you have been recognized also, you know, as an ISTE featured voice you know, recently, like last year, but I know that you're heavily involved also. Can you discuss just the involvement of ISTE and how its impact or the impact that it has made also on your career? Yeah, ISTE has been great. I mean, I started, I went to my first ISTE in San Antonio in 2017 and haven't missed one since. 
Um, and I've been fortunate. My first just I got to present like four or five times and, uh, that, that was a huge, just shot in the arm of confidence for me. Cause I'm like, it's is the entire world. I mean, I, I had kind of made my name for myself here locally and got uh, regional conferences in Cuba out here in California. And then when the SD said, Hey, you know, we want you to come present. I'm like, this is, this is huge. Just, um, it's funny how a lot of my whole tech coaching, um, and my experience in ed tech really kind of got, it got, a jump started just through the idea of presenting. And I kind of, uh, threw myself into just throwing my hat, my name in the hat for all these different conferences. And I started getting, I started getting accepted and that it one, one, just it, each time it just built my confidence. And, and when like, when ISD get called and Hey, why don't you come present here? I'm like, this, this is just massive. I got to go to, go to go fly out to San Antonio and, and do this and do this stuff. And, and just connect with, with, uh, you were mentioned about how we may be thousands of miles away, but we have a lot of shared experience and, and you, what my experience was relevant to people across the world. And a lot of times it, to me, doesn't feel very innovative. Doesn't feel very big, but to someone else it does. And just the opportunity to, to meet people. I know through our, um, uh, our, our, my, uh, my, it's not default now, our, our Twitter chat, uh, CV tech talk. We happen to get people from around the world randomly. I would join, join in actually from Europe in the Middle East. And there was a, a lady who joined from, from Israel and I got to meet her at ISTE in, tw- at, um, in, in 2019 in Philadelphia. She came to my poster session. Like, hey, I'm so-and-so from Israel. You remember me? I'm like, oh my God, this is just a, so it was just so exhilarating to meet these people and how, you know, the, it, the ideas that I had for my classroom, for the teachers that I serve were positively affecting education all over the world. And the the best thing about that for me was that the feedback I'd get from teachers across the world, especially at ISTE meeting them face to face, I can now go back to to my small community in rural central California and I would tell the kids, I go, hey, stuff that you were doing in my class and you you were working when I was working with your teacher is inspiring people around the world. And these, these kids who are or living on a little small bubble here in rural Central California, have no didn't have a lot of a huge concept of the the world as a whole, and saying that their work that we were doing is inspiring people on the other side of the world, it was very it was so empowering for them. And I, I could see kids wanting to try harder. Like, hey, if I do really good work with Mr. Waddins, he's going to put it on his website and he's going to tweet it out, and someone else is going to learn from it. And just you know, those connections at ISTE that brought the world to me was. Uh, we just exhilarate it and it really just continues to give me a uh, huge confidence. And that is amazing, you know, and I and absolutely love that, Adam, because again, like I said, you know, people see what you put out. They see that finished product, but they don't get to hear about these experiences, you know, the work that you put in, you know, getting into these conferences, getting asked to present. And then, of course, the connections that you're making because you're a connected educator. Like Amanda said here, you know, her comment was hashtag community. You know, you're really building that community. And although you said, you know, for your the Q chat, you know, it's it's California based. But man, it was it reaches the world because once you put it out on social media, it's out there. And the fact that you got to meet that educator at EC at the poster session, I absolutely love it. And I agree with you. What a shot of confidence that something that you're doing thousands of miles away is having an impact on somebody somewhere else. So I I think that some of the best advice maybe that I can glean from this too as well is number one, get connected to ISTE. And like Sherry says here, Sherry Fleischer, you know, hashtag ISTE cert, you know, get connected with ISTE, but also like yourself, 
putting yourself out there, putting what you're doing out there, because you never know that one thing, that one little piece of content that you put out can make a huge difference from so for somebody anywhere in the world that may get that. So that's awesome. And I love that experience. I, I still yet to make it to an ISTE. I've never made it out there, you know, but I definitely need to save up to make it out there. And uh, hopefully one of these days, I'll definitely run into you over there in ISTE or maybe even at just another conference locally, but I'd definitely be very excited for that. All right. So, uh, Adam, I know that you've currently transitioned into another role. So I definitely want to give you an opportunity to share now, you know, based on all the hard work that you've done, putting in 18 years in education or in the classroom work, and of course, the your consulting work, your everything work that you do, you know, obviously doors open up and now you've had the opportunity for a wonderful door to open up. So can you tell us a little bit about your new role that you will be taking in? Yeah, I recently, this last week, accepted a position in our local county office and the, the EdTech uh, consultant there. I'll also be uh, taking on some of the work for consulting for some of the history uh, the history work out here. Uh, in addition, I know in California, they're, they're in the next year or so, uh, there will be uh, um, mandated uh, ethnic studies classes in high school, so that will also be part of the work. So I'm very excited. The history teacher in me is, is excited to do history and ethnic studies. And then continue a lot of what I was, I've been doing for, I did it in my old district. I did it as a consultant. Now I get to kind of do it full time with the backing of, of our local county office. And you know, it's a lot of great people, plus uh, really smart people in that room. I get to, to learn from every day and get out there and see more um, of our, our area. A lot of the uh, communities that I'll be serving are very similar to, to the, the community that I worked for 17 years. So I get to bring that experience and expand my reach. Yeah, uh, in our region, and I'm really excited to get started. Man, that is wonderful, Adam. I, I I couldn't think of a better person. I mean, definitely with the knowledge that you have, the work that you've put in, and of course, knowing your region, who it is that you're going to be serving, I'm pretty sure that you're definitely excited about that. And congratulations from myself, and of course, here we've got Amanda here also. Congratulations on that. So thank you so much. All right. So before we kind of wrap up our conversation, Adam, I kind of wanted to ask one last question before we get into, well, not one last, because there's three left after this, but before that closing segment, I wanted to ask, what would be some advice that you would give some educators that are maybe, again, I know you mentioned a little bit as far as digital coaches working with those teachers, but what, what should teachers always keep in mind or key considerations for best practices when introducing tech? or using tech themselves? Um, one of the things so we always like to talk about is um, technology is not enhancing the learning, then really what, there's, there's no real point to it. If, if, if it's not doing better than paper or pencil, then, then there's no need to force it. Um, my wife and I, always, we always say in our book, is if you, we leave with learning, never with tech. That, that kind of encapsulates the that whole idea is that if, if the tech's not helping, then there's no real point to it. Don't feel pressured to use technology just, just because, um, uh, a friend, a good friend of mine, Joe Arquez says that, you know, technology is a, um, a great accelerator of learning, but it can also accelerate bad, bad pedagogy as well. So again, if you really lead with that learning, then you're going to, you're going to kind of, kind of trend more towards that, uh, more, uh, innovative, uh, and, uh, uh, pedagogy than, than again, just doing digital worksheets all day. You're not, you're not doing much different. So again, Leave with learning, never with tech is the, probably the best way that I, I can I can summarize. 
Oh, that is wonderful. That's going to be the soundbite, you know, the first soundbite <laughs> I release for this podcast, uh, you know, amongst the many that I'm going to take out. But this one was definitely straight fire. I love it. Thank you so much for that piece of advice, Adam. All right. So now we're going to go ahead and we're in the closing segment of our show where I finally get to ask my guests my favorite three questions. And I know that this is a, a huge favorite for my friend Josh Tovar, who's out there. And I know he's watching or listening or he'll probably catch this on the replay while he's working out. So big shout out to Josh Tovar. So, all right. First question, Adam, in the current state of education, what would you say is your current edu kryptonite? Oh, man, edgy kryptonite. That's a, that's a good one there. Right. Lots of picks from. Um, one thing I always like to say, I, I, I know what I know, but there's also probably more that I don't know. And there's something I don't know. I, I know someone who does. Um, but I would say the thing that I need to get better at and is would be the computer science component. Um, I, I have very little experience with that. And I know if, if I don't, uh, get better with that. That that could definitely uh, slow my career down, and something that, that definitely is a very important uh, in the current state of education. Perfect, excellent, great answer. Absolutely, and you know, like you mentioned before too, with computer science, that is definitely something that is huge. There's a huge push, and just to mention, here in Texas, our our Texas uh, our TEKS, all right, so our standards, they're going to go ahead and change, and they're going to include more of that computer science element, more of that computational critical thinking uh, elements all embedded into our technology teaks. So I know that that's definitely something that's going to be big. So I agree with you. And I'm in the same boat too, as well. Always trying to either reach out or follow people that are already in that world and trying to learn from them. So excellent. Thank you so much for sharing. Now, next question. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Wow, anything on it? It's um, a great question. A billboard, anything on it? I would have to probably say. Um, I would probably have to say that quote that I said a few minutes ago: "Leave with learning, never with tech." I, I think there's there's too too much of of people in the world that when they look at people who are outside of education, they see technology and and education as two separate things instead of being complementary to each other and. Definitely, I would I would, want, I would want that out there because then that can lead to conversations. Saying, "Hey, no, this is either one. These are they're they're two sides of the they're different sides of the same coin." Um, and I think that there was actually a huge uh, and it didn't get publicized too much, but I think it's going to be huge going forward. Was the merger between ASCD and ISTE? So you have ASCD, which is the curriculum, and then you have ISTE, the technology. There's a merger there, so it's showing that hey, curriculum and technology they they're there are two sides of the same coin. They, they definitely, uh, people need to understand their skills. People in, in, uh, in government and parents who are in education need to know that it, these are not two separate things that are mutually exclusive. They want, they, they scratch each other's backs and they enhance each other. Excellent. That is a great answer. And I love it. You know, and like I said, right now, I was like, okay, that's the second self, but right there too, as well, because it, it's true. And oftentimes, you know, I think that maybe districts could do a better job at maybe, like you said, uh, understanding that the tech and the curriculum do go together and start embedding some of that technology as you're building your curriculum. And of course, because it's that learning component, you're learning, you're enhancing, you know, working with the four C's and so on. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, great answer. I love it. Great soundbite, too, for sure. 
All right. And the last question, Adam, let's say, okay, we talked a little bit about podcasting and I know, you know, you guys had some, you and your wife had, you know, something going on too, as well as far as podcasting. But of course, things happened. The world changed, uh, you know, after COVID. And then of course, you guys get very busy. So, but let's just pretend that this is your podcast today, right? This is the Adam Juarez Tech Coach Podcast, and I am your guest. What would be one question you might want to ask me? Oh, you know, that's a great question because uh, we've been uh, toying that world, the idea of bringing back our old podcast and kind of focusing on um, the one of the uh, sessions. Actually, my wife and I will be co-presenting at Q next week, um, which is one of our, we've done it for, for years now. Uh, it's called Foresee the Future, where we, we run teachers through our, our method of foresees brainstorming and lesson design. Once you go through that, that, that whole set, um, brainstorming, you can plug in those ideas into any district mandated lesson plan template. So that we wanted to kind of re, uh, repurpose our, uh, our old podcast where we'll bring a teacher on and run them through our four C's, um, brainstorming session. So again, I, um, as I alluded to, uh, earlier, we, um, we would have, um, we would have, you know, ask, well, what's your experience? Well, what have you taught? We want to lean on your, your content knowledge, your knowledge, your students, and then jump into the four C's and how each kid, your students will will uh, engage in each of the four C's um, in pursuit of your your chosen learning target. So just kind of the, that, that would be the the, the, the uh, series of questions we would be running through in uh, the, the new version of our podcast. Perfect. That's awesome, dude. I love that. And, you know, for me, you know, that is so important, just the four C's. But for me, I, and this might be a different approach, you know, or maybe I, and I always, you know, people are always like, that's it. Like, you know, what, what advice and things of that, would you do? I would say, you know, you keep it simple. And I think the formula that you have, you know, walking up through the four C's is just something amazing. And I absolutely love that title, foresee the future. That's just gold right there. That's why right now you, when you said that, you probably saw me kind of like smile and be like, yes, that's a hit. So. Absolutely love that and the collaborative aspect. But yeah, you know, coming on on the podcast, hearing from teachers and just to see and hear how they're doing things, you know, that's something that is amazing. So awesome stuff, man. Hey, Adam, it has been an amazing conversation. Definitely. You filled my bucket today, my friend. Just also hearing your story right from the beginning, you know, with Stephen Baker, Touchdown Maker, and how that made an impact on you, led you into teaching. And then, of course, doing the amazing work that you're doing and that you and your wife continue to do through the book, through all the digital, um, you know, content that you put out there for us to, you know, as we continue to learn and evolve. And so I really appreciate you and appreciate the work that you both are doing because we definitely need more of that in the education landscape because I think it's a positive for new teachers, aspiring teachers that are coming in to say, hey, I may feel overwhelmed, but I know that by connecting with amazing educators such as yourself and seeing some of the resources that you put out, that kind of brings a little bit of relief. And so thank you so much for what you're doing, my friend. And before we wrap up, you know, and I start closing out the show, please let our audience members know how they can contact you or where it is that they can follow you in case they want to go ahead and get more familiar with your work or contact you directly. Um, I always say uh, I'm very easy to find. I'm not hiding at all, but you can find me on all the socials. I am at Tech Coach Waters on all the socials. Um, my email is Waters at TechCoachWaters.com. Um, one of my taglines when I finish every session is like, and I uh, borrowed this from my 
Brendan mentor, John Carippo, um, who actually was a college football teammate of Stephen Baker, the touchdown maker. Um, but uh, he always, uh, I still listen to him. He's like, hey, when you have sex with me, you have free tech support for life. So uh, my wife and I, we always say, we're, whether it's email, uh, social media, however, you know, uh, we always respond within 24 hours. So this, today, tomorrow, a year from now, we, we try to hold ourselves to that because we well, learning, teaching and learning is a collaborative sport. We shouldn't be doing this in silos, doing it alone. We're, we're here to, to help us support you. The same way people have been the same for for, for us. So, hey, just reach out. I'm easy to find. Honestly, just Google me. You're going to find a, million, a dozen different ways to get a hold of me. And I try, I'm, try, I'm active on everything. So, easy to find. Perfect. And, of course, all of that will be in the show notes as well. So, that way you can contact. But Thank you, Adam. I really love what you say. You know, you've got tech support for life. That's something that's very important. And for all our audience members that are listening, you know, you're looking to connect with amazing educators. I mean, listen to what Adam is saying. Free tech support for life. If you have a question, a comment, man, maybe just asking like, hey, you know, maybe can you share a strategy or something? And like Adam said earlier, too, you know, if he may not be able to help, I'm sure that he can connect you with somebody that can give you that answer, too, as well because we are a community. And I love also what you said, man, Adam, you've, you've got so many great sound bites here. Like you said, education, it's a team sport. And that's the first time I hear that. And that is something right now that I'm like, wow, never saw it that way. But thank you so much. I appreciate it, Adam. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for all our audience members that are out there, thank you, Steve Martinez, for joining us. Thank you, Amanda Macias, for joining us right now live. Sherry Fleischer, thank you so much for joining us as well. And for all of you that are going to be catching this on the re replay, whether it's on YouTube and, uh, you know, your favorite podcast player, please make sure you give us a thumbs up. Please make sure you subscribe. Please make sure that you share. That'll help all of the algorithms send this out to whomever it is, you know, and get us out there. So thank you so much for all of your support. As always, remember, our mission is to connect educators and creators one show at a time. So thank you so much. Please make sure you visit our website at myedtech.life, myedtech.life, where you can check out this amazing episode and the other 182 amazing episodes with great educators, great creators, where you can listen, maybe take some of those knowledge nuggets, sprinkle them on to what you are already doing great to enhance that learning experience. So again, thank you so much as always. And my friends, until next time, don't forget, stay techie.